stretch out Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the New Balance's Fresh Foam X version 12 range represents a revolutionary advancement in the material that cushions the high impact foot strikes that occur on roads, tracks, courts, and fields everywhere. Informed by 3D motion captured pressure mapping and force application data gathered from real athletes, Fresh Foam is softness quantified. So here we are, Nita, me and you today. We yeah. lost Tommy. That's a shame, isn't it? I actually saw Tom Tom sent me a little message on Strava saying this runs for you. It was a nice slow jog. Mm. And I told him I'd prefer him to be on the podcast. But no, Tom's got family commitments today. It's Anzac Day. And uh, welcome to the Shoe Geeks Inside Running podcast. Um, April edition and joined by Julian. And we're going to talk about what bike parts today and bike maintenance. Well, I did get a pair of bike shoes lately, actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah, so that's that's a different world, isn't it? People don't return those shoes back when they're a bit scuffed, mm. do they? Nah, and I mean, the, bike shoes are tough because you don't. I don't know what I'm looking for in a bike shoe. I'm not sure what they're supposed to feel like, so it's a bit of a you, gamble. You got a mountain bike shoe, obviously, so that you can walk around in between. But yeah, mm. I needed yeah. it already, and that's something that I didn't think of. Like <laughs> uh, they sell the gravel bike shoes; they look a lot better. But then they're not really expecting anyone to get off the bike and yeah. and walk up steep, muddy inclines, which I've done a couple of times already. And um, yeah, it just it's like the, it's not much fun doing that. And at the end of the ride, your shoes are so filthy, cluttered with mud. You can't get the cleats to click into the pedals. It's yeah, stay on the I've- bike if you can. When I first got a uh, road shoe bike, someone recommended to get a mountain bike shoe first with a cleat just in case because you just don't get used to walking in a cleat. They deteriorate a fa- fairly quickly, but um, they're pricey. They're expensive as well, um, those shoes. So, I, I reckon I spent more on the bike shoe than I've ever spent on a running shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, there actually I know. I know I did. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I got a, I got a yeah. quick i got a question for you because, you know, you're working on the shop now. You're not running much as well. Mm. Does this uh, does this change how you prescribe shoes a bit, Julian, at, in, in the shop because you're getting a bit of a less feel for it? Or do you think, um, you know, running in a shoe is useful for you to, to sell shoes as well? Or what do you reckon? I'm getting more of a feel for fitting shoes because I'm doing it more often. And, True. and I, I think that's more important because – like I, I kind of know how shoes feel. If a new shoe comes in, like the Fresh Foam range that's just dropped 880, 1080 and 860, mm. then I'll put them on, walk around. I will probably walk like 4K for the day in them around like up and down the street, going to the post office, that kind of stuff. Mm. I'll jog across roads. Like I'll, I might not get the real nitty gritties of how they might feel um, at different paces, that kind of thing. But... I can I can dial into the fit and I can I can see how they react to different feet. So being being on the shop floor, it just gives you way more touch and feel for how the shoe mm. is working in a general population sense. And 
yeah like durability wise i i used to love to be able to say like this shoe can go the distance this shoe can't but based yeah. on my own experience now it's a little tougher if i'm not putting k's into them yeah. uh grip wise yeah maybe i'm not running in a bunch of different surfaces that i can comment on but um i i feel like i, I can be a little more in tune with the customer and the shoes because i'm seeing more of it and you're obviously on the shop front but you're also seeing more shoes get released now i know a lot were delayed new balance is obviously a brand that they've released you know their stock standard line there's updated versions for that now i got to see that with matt spicer the other day which was good to see the new drop and um i actually had to sample more v4 here as well but i i, I don't have it must have left it at work as well so there's a couple um shoes coming out and you might be able to give us a bit more like insight into those shoes at the 1080 and i mean i've got an 880 i've rolled through a couple of times I'll, I'll touch briefly on that but we'll review that next time as well when when tom's here mm. yeah so 860 was the first to drop 860 is the traditional medial support shoe it sits alongside mm -hmm. the bongo uh it's i like it i mm. really like it actually uh it's compared to the previous version got a little run of fresh this is that this is an old mm. 880 actually um so yep. it's uh, uh I, I left the 860 at work i've been working in it every day mm. and um it, you can sort of see here like yeah, I, I feel silly showing a different shoe but in yep. the 860 the fresh foam area sits just above un, under the foot um and then there is a just a firmer eva sort of carrier or, or base mm. to it uh the, the 860 now owns the area of firm firm fitting i mean firm feeling support shoes it's yep. got a lot of integrity it's a dense foam um not everybody wants to sink into their shoe or have a spongy feel underneath mm. sometimes it's much better for them to have a foam that doesn't give or yeah doesn't allow the foot to to sink laterally when they land or um or if they've been in the shoe for eight hours it doesn't feel sloppy and flexible at the end of the day look and the 860 has probably been that shoe for a bit of time now a lot of other shoes have come and gone in that area the the previous 860 the major complaint we had um well patients would come, come through would say that the upper was a bit flimsy so while this had this great base of structural support and a lot of midsole that was firm you'd see a lot of um deviation off the upper and even in a big body mass person but that's definitely changed now on the updated version hasn't it mm, yeah the yep. the new one like we have it in two widths so it covers mm. off both bases and you know a shoe is good if you're carrying it in two widths that's yep. it, that's the sign that you like the shoe uh, yep. and yeah so a higher mass individual will appreciate having firmness like the the trend of, of super soft, spongy shoes at the moment is creating a real gap in the market for firmness. Mm. And like we, maybe a, a year ago, we would laugh at the thought of bringing back a shoe from five years ago. But mm. right, right now, I think we could, could use it. We could use like a, a firm, a firm feeling um, Asics Cumulus or yeah. a firm, a firm feeling New Balance 880 V9, something like yep. that. Um, and and well, in the support category, maybe like uh, what what could we, an old two thousand, yeah. Um, so or a Brooks Adrenaline eighteen shoes like that, shoes that you know have guts who will hold up to a lot of force. And look, you mentioned the eight eighty V nine. That was arguably one of the most stable neutral shoes, and it got the facelift in the tenth version. Had the fresh foam midsole, which people probably found the shoe more fun 
uh, no doubt. And I'm not sure if it, you know, it had more sales. And obviously now the 12th version has even more fun in the actual midsole as well. So obviously it's softer. It's more compliant with fresh foam. It's got fuel cell in the forefoot. My initial thoughts are the geometry of the shoe is pretty much identical to what it's always been. Um, mm. But the shoe is a bit softer, but it has a lot of outsole on the shoe. And um, the outsole makes the shoe feel much firmer and much more stable. I'd argue it probably doesn't need quite as much outsole there, but um, that's just me being a bit biased from actually preferring the soft, lovable shoes at the moment. But um, what about the 1080? Has there much change in the 1080? A lot's changed in the 1080. So the 1080 is a different shoe now. Uh, we'll go through everything. We'll go through the 880 in, in detail next week. That's going to be yep. our review shoe. Mm. But um, So I can show you the 1080 because it's here right now. It, it's got for me it's turned into more shoe so uh it i've got a list of things i'm gonna because i've i've written them all down because i sent this to our staff so new balance 1080 relevant information and and i don't want marketing information the stuff like we get it we get obsessed with like reading marketing memos that kind of shit i I actually want to know what's what's changed that's relevant um so the new heel counter it's gone traditional. This was the complaint with, with V11 is that one out of every five people adored it. The other four took it off pretty much as soon as they put it on on the shop floor. And, mm. I mean, we got given a pair. I battled with it. I, I, I tried. I persisted. I liked the feel underfoot, but I couldn't get this to work for me. So that's a change. Um, and it's a change for the better. A lot more sort of customers enjoying that. No one really comments on the heel now when they put it on, which is a good yep. thing. Um, wider rear foot platform. So you can see through the back here, we have a broader surface area hitting the deck. It's less rocked, so it's more stable. Um, Now, this is going to be more generous, more forgiving for a rear foot striker or Mm. someone towards the end of the long run that finds himself shuffling along, landing through the back of the shoe. You're going to be more stable there. It's flared. Uh, more margin for error. I think that's what you've, that's your your line, Nita. More margin yep. for error. Um, Hyperknit upper. So it, the last one was pretty flimsy. Like a, a good mm-hmm. test of this is to um, put your fingers in and, and sort of press, press mm-hmm. to see what happens when you put force on the side of the shoe. The last one probably was a little bit too flexible. Felt like a sock, which is a good thing. You get on a fire road or down a hill or anything like that, and all of a sudden you fall off the shoe. So mm. this is thicker, it's more reinforced. You can see it's stronger around the borders of the shoe uh, that, that, that holds the foot in better. It's also very long fit. So the one thing to keep in mind is like, we're, we're noticing most people actually going down a half size in the shoe. And um, look, the 880 is almost the opposite, to be honest, it runs a little bit short. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. So mm. 880 runs the same fit as the last one, which was half a size shorter. Uh, yep. So yeah, we got to be aware now. Like you mm-hmm. could be, you, yeah. you could be a nine in this and a ten in the eight eighty, and and all of a sudden you skip a whole half size. Yeah, this yeah. is a retail purchase. You don't go online for these ones. The room for error between the models is there. Yeah, you're right. This is a good one for us. We love it when this <laughs> happens because it uh, <laughs> it makes us more relevant. Um, thicker outer sole, like you mentioned, on the eight eighty. The ten eighty's got mm-hmm. it too. Durability. Um, might feel a little slappier, adds a bit of weight to the shoe, but yeah. you're getting a bit more of a workhorse, a bit more of a, a, a tank there. Um, yeah, so this is the relevant stuff. 
fits longer, wider, more volume than V11, mm. more guts, less poppy, but more solid yep. underfoot, less rocked, so more stable. And I remember we got showed this by our old, man, old rep um, a long time ago now, probably 12 months nearly. Mm. And we saw this in the 880 next to each other. And I thought, oh, the 1080 is going to start stealing some some market share from 880. Okay. Uh, just just with how solid it is, with how stable the black back platform is, and then with 880 going a little softer through the rear foot, there. This to me is making more sense for. for what's it? What's the retail at? 260. 260 so there is yeah. um, there is more price. So 880 is to um, 20. Uh, yep. so, so you've got 40 bucks difference there. Yep. Um, yeah. Good. More stable, less fun, suit a higher BMI customer, um, relevant for walking as well as running now with that rear foot platform and, and sort of uh, maybe more guts to the shoe. Mm. Yeah, that's that's 1080. We're doing well with it already. Like yep. better than the last one. Um, yeah, good. 860 though, like to me, that's the, that's the shoe that I've been working in because I've been, when this came in, I started working in it just mm. to get a feel. I like the cushion. Yep. And I found myself sinking too much over the course yep. of the day and I felt it kind of get a little sloppy underfoot. And since I've been working in the 860, I feel so much more stable. Like I get to the end of the day and I'm still just where my feet should be in a shoe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's the walk as well. Like, I mean, if you've got a really soft heel counter and you've got a really soft foam in the rear foot, by the end of the day, you can emphasize pushing down on that, not returning quite as much. The new 880 is definitely softer in the heel. Uh, mm. I don't feel that part of it when I'm running, but when I'm walking, I notice it a lot. So um, so that shoe probably will become a little bit... Um, I still think it'll sell to the same consumer. Um, I'm not sure how dramatic... I've got sample shoes left here from the New Balance rep last time, and it's, uh, I've got the pink one of the 880, and it's the one people comment on the most aesthetically. So... It's interesting. It's, it seems to be New Balance, I'd say, arguably three or four years ago, didn't make the prettiest shoes, but I reckon they've des- their designs at the moment look a bit nicer than previous as well. So, for sure. It, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, speaking of firm, um, I know I, was, I touched on this briefly last time as well. I was given some of the on-range. I know you guys have been receiving it. This is the, uh, the Cloud Stratus, which I think dare I say it's probably their biggest selling shoe, their most fundamental shoe. You can see it's got like, um, you know, the, the, the their essentially whole system to try and create cushioning. It's an EVA midsole. You can see this large segmentation through the rear part of the foot all the way through the midfoot and underneath the speedboard to try and stiffen it up in the sagittal plane. Um, in the forefoot, you don't see as much segmentation. So if you're striking the forefoot through here, you don't feel the pods individually as much. The first time I tried an on shoe on might have been three or four years ago, I reckon. And that was the one thing I noticed. Like you'd feel each individual pod and that didn't feel fun. It didn't feel as stable as well. So dare I say they're moving away from that system a little bit and they're trying to build more traditional segmentation in the shoe. Uh, this shoe, however, is a bit firm. Um, so higher BMI. The surface area is relatively large in the forefoot, a bit narrow in the midfoot. Um, the lacing system you can see is a bit unique. I'm not sure if they've got a particular name for this lacing system by any means, but it seems to be aesthetic. But it does lock down the foot pretty well. I've got their trail equivalent to the Stratus, which is called the um, the Cloud Ultra. I've worn it a couple times. It is that's the firmest shoe I own. <laughs> so it's it's, it's stiff. Um, the upper is a bit narrow. They've got this little plug on the forefoot through here to try and adjust the lacing. So it's hypothetically when you go for a long run or an ultra event. You know, your foot swells, you can release this and try and make it a little bit broader. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, Have you used that? 
Uh, my foot's pretty narrow, but no. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I, mean, I guess it makes sense. It does make the shoe feel like it's got a bit more upper space in it, but it doesn't make the shoe wider, so to speak. Um, same system as well, firmer EVA midsole. Um, these run off around about a six to eight mil pitch. Um, you, you can tell that it's quite in between, so it feels more like a traditional Silconi Triumph type heel pitch. And um, this is the Monster. So this is the third one through here. Once again, huge segmentation uh, of the rear foot and the forefoot has this single segment through here. You, you can definitely feel the, the individual pods a touch more on the shoe because the foam is so much more compliant and so soft and the shoe is quite flexible. Mm -hmm. um, so it falls into that high stack cushion type shoe. The, 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 um, the midsole walls are quite high. You don't, it looks dramatically high off the ground, but you are sitting probably around about two one third of the way down so you're actually not that high up the ground i actually don't know the stats on the full stack height um, but aesthetically it looks higher than what it truly is the foam has to be a lower gerometer of eva it's the only on shoe that i've worn that feels soft um and for you jill and you've walked in it a bit as well i guess if you hit the rear foot because there's a large segmentation like division between the actual foam and the speed board which sits close to the out um the sock liner of the shoe uh, it, it does feel pretty unstable on the rear foot. It doesn't feel as, as unstable in the forefoot. Um, the uppers of all these shoes, or dare I say from on, um, are really comfortable and quite nice and large large amount of volume. So um, they sit quite deep in them. So they um, they essentially will accommodate maybe a, a slightly thicker foot, maybe not necessarily a wider foot, but just a thicker foot from top to bottom. But um, have you walked in these much at all? No, not a lot. I just put them on yep. when they came in and uh, yep. I did feel myself rocking from side to side from if you can you just show the shoe again? Is that yep. right? Yeah, that's the monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So underneath uh, the way that the the pods sit um, lined up like they do like two rows of them. I found yep. my foot just sort of rocking from side to side on those. Uh, I'd sink in the lateral pods and then I'd I'd sort of sink in the medial pods and I couldn't find like a stable position. So yeah, I, I, I got those once I, once my knee was sore, so yep. I couldn't run in them. Um, yeah. But I, I like to feel grounded. I don't yeah, I like you, that. Yeah. yeah you, you, you don't feel the ground as much in this full stop, but you obviously, you don't have as much surface area. Most of the surface area has been removed via the, um, the segmentation in the forefoot, much more stable. So I found this enjoyable on my toes. It's the way mm. I run um and i mean i I, haven't, I don't run on my heel walking in the shoe does feel unstable but um it is their most enjoyable foam this is their funnest shoe by far um unless you've got a higher body mass and then maybe the stratus ends up becoming a slightly more comfortable shoe for them but this is their sort of stable neutral so to speak um they they do talk about support not support their systems of support and on are very differently defined to other brands in terms of they don't really discuss, you know, geometry of surface area and the base of the foot and postings. Um, it's, it's just more or less where the upper's got a better lockdown potentially on it. Maybe the pod has a bit more surface area, less segmentation. Um, but these, I've been wearing these probably for easy runs and long runs, no faster running shoes. And uh, besides that, uh, 880, I've gone for a couple of runs in. I'll review that next week. They've actually been... Um, uh, more enjoyable to run in than they have been to walk in. So um, I don't think I'll ever wear that shoe out with the amount of belt sole. Um, mm -hmm. And other than that, the only other new shoe that we have in the household is, uh, I think we sort of talked about it last time, but Zara is a bit older. She's size eight mm -hmm. now in kids' shoes. So this is the kids' Nike, um, the Nike Free RN. And, you know, the shoe is really compliant. It, you know, 
there is like a big wall. It looks like you're standing on a lot of shoe, but you're not. It's mainly aesthetic. You're basically sitting on a sock liner on rubber. So it's low to the ground, the shoe bent in and out. And most importantly, it is relatively anatomical fit as well. So um, so for kids, it's quite good. She's super stable in it. You can see she hits the ground quite hard in the shoe and she can, it grips. And so that's, um, that's what my daughter's running around in. What's Pia wearing at the moment? Well, nothing because she doesn't walk. And I, I had a pair of those exact shoes for her, but she's already grown out of them without ever putting them on. Um, <laughs> so that was my question for you. When did the baby start walking? When do you buy them yeah. shoes? Zara was pretty delayed. Like, I mean, in, I, she was she didn't start walking until about 14 months. She was a big girl, so she couldn't hold herself up for like 13 months. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We, we put shoes on her aesthetically at around about 11 months or so. But, um, you know, there, I don't, there's probably no rhyme and reason for putting shoes on kids. We went to the park like two days ago and there was a family. Uh, they were obviously enthusiastic CrossFitters and had a lot of Under Armour gear on. And her, their young daughter is about the same age as Zara, and she's running around on the crusher dust and the bark chips with no shoes at all. And she's getting like, you know, she had something stuck in her foot. She lost it. So, I mean, your shoes are protection for kids, right? And they need mm -hmm. to fit well. They're the two criteria, fit well and uh, and protect the foot. Um, and if it looks as good as this, fantastic. But, um, I, you know, I, they need to be comfortable in it. But Zara wears these little Adipas and she wears these. And she started wearing the Adipas when she was 14 months. She transitioned into the foam probably about two months later um, and the transition was pretty flawless. I don't think the design was much different. It may have felt softer with the sock liner, um, but she was straight into them. So if I put her into a, like a, you know, a kid's New Balance shoe or an Asics, that's sort of got a bit more of a pitch to it, a bit heavier. It might be a bit of a transition period, but we haven't done that yet. So um, we will at some stage, no doubt. And does she give you some sort of feedback or can you tell if she likes the shoe or not? uh i mean she's she's a young girl she likes like she looks at herself in the mirror and she likes her clothes now which is good um, <laughs> um and when it comes to shoes doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't, nah, nah, <laughs> doesn't, nah, nah. uh and she knows they're pink she knows they're black uh she likes both those colors right now so i mean the feedback is like if she, you know she's she runs around with no shoes on she's pretty good unless the surface is pretty like, you know, she hates things being stuck in her foot. Like if there's like one piece of dirt on the ground, she'll get pretty frustrated that it's not super clean. So the same thing with things getting stuck on her foot. So she doesn't mind things being stuck to the shoe, but if it's stuck to her foot, she hates it. So currently shoes are really important for her. Otherwise she just keeps, she keeps getting irritated by things stuck on her foot. So yeah. So shoes and socks, the feedback is if it's on, she can run more basically. So Right now, shoes seem to be very useful. And I know other kids have sensitivity issues in relation to putting shoes on, but this is quite big. Like she, um, this is an eight. We put her into it. She had a, a seven previously and uh, she was right at the end. And the one thing I'm mindful of kids is making sure they've got good length in the shoe. It can be a little bit longer. They seem to be stable. They solve the puzzle. Like if the shoe is too big, they start walking over the ground, like lifting their leg up and putting it in. But um, when the shoe feel, fits pretty well, they run pretty flat to the ground and, you know, they um, they feel pretty confident as well. So, um, but yeah, that's... What's the sign if the shoe's too small? Yeah, I mean, you probably don't know about that too much, to be honest. Like, I'm assuming they're curling their toes in the shoe. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's why you need to make sure that it is fitted. And uh, I think they probably won't tell you as much whether it's small compared to you'll see a gait change more when it's large. Uh Zara had she's never had a small shoe, so I can't tell you any signs. Um, but I'm assuming that maybe 
as the day goes on, she might get a bit annoyed. You might see their toenails start to have like a little bit of disruption or a little bit of, um, you know, lifting of the nail and things like that. But once again, that could be for other reasons as well. So you're literally putting your thumb on the inside of the shoe and they're wiggling their toes. You're making sure it's got enough space there for them to move and, and, you know, I remember reading that paper a while back saying the biggest risk factor for kids developing hallux valgus or the bunion angle was literally the size, the length in the mm. shoe. And, and I mean, the length in the shoe is so important, even as an adult. Like, I, I am struggling a little bit with the 880 right now, nothing to do with the actual geometry of the shoe. But it does run, like, I've been a 10 US and most. I was sent a 10 US, which is what I would send me as well. But it runs short. And so it influences your comfort for me substantially when I go for a run. So I don't want to hit the end of the shoe, but I am. So... So I need to take that into account when I'm um, mm. reviewing the shoe. Like, you know, if the shoe doesn't feel perfect, well, the size is a huge, huge factor for that. So I'd argue it's, it's probably realistically, you take away all the other variables for a shoe, it's, it's the main factor um, if you've got to yeah. pick one. And um, that's where we, like, are in constant battle with a with a customer around mm. them not concerning themselves with the actual number of the number on the box and mm. um and having like for that reason when we come out to with our shoes like we'll come out with a collection of shoe boxes mm. we put them upside down on the ground so that they don't start getting worried about what size we're putting on them absolutely um, and then if they stand up and i can feel the shoes too short or it's too mm. long or narrow mm. i don't mention i say how's that feel and they'll like without knowing the size if it feels too tight they say too tight and then mm. I'll go. All right, let's go up. Yep. Um, yep. And if it, if I if they knew they were in the size that they had previous, they'd say, "Oh, that seems okay. Like eh, it's not too bad." Whereas, yeah, so it's a it's a psychological thing as well, thinking that you're in a different size. And you know, it's interesting. Like I think historically, when I picked racing flats as well, I always liked them to be a little bit on the smaller side. Um, and as I'm getting older, I'm sort of liking the racing flat to fit a bit nicer now as well. Like even have a bit more space in the racing flat, whether it's because the, the workouts are a bit longer now. But I remember like wearing a, an Adios, you know, or a, um, you know, like a wave hitter Garmin and making sure that my toe was right at the end. So, but, you know, I have a shoe that's a little bit longer, like, uh, you know, it's like I got a half a, half a toe, half a thumb width there as well. Like I feel like my stride's nicer. It's longer. I've got, you know, move to be able to shift forward a little bit. And I wonder why that's changed so much, whether it's the actual geometry of the shoe or whether it's just my personal preference now or whether literally I was that, that, that uncomfortable feeling of a racing flat is what you expected it to be like. So I'm sure when you dispense a racing shoe, you sort of give the patient, you give the client a bit more leeway in what they want to feel. Do you advise going a little bit above or a little bit below sort of, or you, you just get, let them to self-select the sizing for, um, or feel for a racing flat compared to a mileage shoe? Well, the, the lasting on a racing flat takes care of that issue anyway. I think, um, I don't think you want to change the size or the length of the shoe in any way. You just want to stay with the length that's right for them. And the last of the shoe is narrower. It's shallower. It's going to take care of them feeling, tight or locked down um so yeah no I, I i still think we go the right length and um and yeah the like these days you look at a vapor fly from below from above like there's not a lot of um yeah. ex excess volume in that shoe like if yeah. you have a bigger foot that's going to be very locked down 
Um, Look, like a couple of the jogging shoes now, like I'm wearing the Glide Ride 3. Actually, I've worn that a fair bit for easy runs recently. And um, the Glide Ride 2, I had a 10 US. The Glide Ride 3, I've got a 10 US. The upper's knitted now and the foam's a bit softer under the forefoot. They've got the forefoot blast. But the shoe runs at least half a size shorter than the previous model. And I'm not sure if they've accommodated that because the upper's more compliant. It's more mobile than the previous one was. But my toe's right at the end of the shoe. And, you, you know, you run them um, next to each other. They do run a little bit shorter, whether it's been a factory change or an error through here. But I'm also wondering that, you know, the, the Asics Metaspeed Sky Range, I found that to run a little bit short as well. Definitely. And, you know, just, just the curvature of the forefoot, the rocker right at the end. Whether the shoe's the same and the rocker gets placed in, it just brings the forefoot back to the rear foot a touch more. Maybe they need to accommodate that in terms of length a little bit as well, because um, I don't I don't find that in a few of the other models of shoes like the Adidas and the Nike and Sacconi performance shoes. But I have found that in the Asics performance range as well. And I know they're about to release the new Metaspeed Sky. And I know I'll probably get a sample sent to me, which will be, you know, I'm not going to complain about it. It's fantastic. But I am worried it's going to be short again. So, mm, Well, you are in a – that glide ride would be a sample. Um because it doesn't release till September, and sometimes no, I've got sample... a ten. I've got a ten. I've got a ten. Oh, you mean yeah, as in like a yeah, like a sample, as in like they might change when they get onto the onto the floor. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally that can happen. Um, okay. I'm not sure if it does or not. Like some, it depends mm. where what at what part of the production phase you've got that ten from. Um, yep. So if it's very early, then they can change it. If it's very late, they yep. probably won't. Uh, so yeah, we've often found samples to, to or, or early production um, samples just to not to, to have some variability in the fit. Um, uh, all right, good. I'm just going to show you one shoe. I have to go get it. I forgot yeah, yeah. Um, that I am going to return to run with. Okay, cool. And while people are here, I'll run them through um, the monster a little bit. So the monster. Um, so the EVA stack at the rear foot is over about 35 to 36 mils. The forefoot's around about 24 to 25. Um, and oh, he's back. There we go. Killed the time, you're Julian. You're yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, this is the Ultra oh. Mont Blanc. So um, zero drop. Ultra, we should do a proper episode on Ultra one day. We won't do it today. Uh, basically, they have a, two main philosophies or characteristics of their shoe. All their range is zero drop, which means no heel to toe pitch. And they all have these anatomical shaped toe boxes where we're narrower at the rear foot um, and then we broaden through the forefoot. So it's shaped more like a foot. Now, this is their performance trail shoe. It's got a decent stack height. It's got some rigidity through the shoe because if I went to a zero drop shoe with a lot of flexibility, my Achilles would remind me that uh, I'm 36 years old with Achilles issues. Um, mm. But zero drop with stiffness and a bit of rocker helps to unload Achilles for me anyway. And so I feel like coming back, this could be a perfect opportunity to at least try little things to put less load through the knee um, yep. still in a fun shoe because this shoe underneath, it feels amazing. There's this Ego Max midsole is bouncy, poppy. And is it, um, is it traditional, traditional EVA midsole? Well, I don't, I don't know the specs on it. I, yeah. it it's definitely nothing outside of, um, it's not TPU and it's not Piva. Mm. So what else is there? It's EVA. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's just, there's blends out there now. Like not, mm. not all EVAs, 
you can the 860 is an EVA. The fresh mm. foam is it, like yep. the um, 1080 is an EVA, but they feel totally different. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's it's a lighter weight upper. The only thing is, it's pretty slippy in the heel. The heel cups not great. Um, I have to kind of lace lock. But then when you lace lock, there's not much protection. The tongue's really thin, yeah. and so I get pressure on the top of my foot. So the fit's not like spot on for me. Whether I can tolerate that when I, I get up to some more mileage, we'll see. Uh, this Vibram's got this tiny little Vibram light base, sort of like um, it's shallow, sticky outer sole. It's not like heavily lugged, so it handles dirt, like hard, more hard pack stuff a lot better. We'll handle so some mud. You're, you're going with the idea that uh, taking the pitch out the shoe uh, might reduce a bit of knee loading on return. I'm clutching. Clutch. Um, <laughs> who knows? Like, yep. who knows? It, I mean, the, the theory's there. Like, the theory's there. And so I just have to put it into practice, maybe. Well, it makes sense. Like, I reckon I had a bit of ITB maybe six or seven years ago. And the shoe that I ended up like jogging in most of the time was the, remember the Kinvara? Sakoni Kinvara. Yeah. Yeah. I ran off four meals and it definitely loaded calves and ankle a lot more perceptually. So, and that actually what, and it, you know, you, you, your shoe's a bit sort of, lower pitch i was taking a few more steps so i was running so it forced a higher cadence rate without me having to like consciously make the change so that does look a nice shoe though um our friend matt here has got those shoes he says put them on and feel pretty good they could be almost a racing shoe you reckon or they could be a trail racing shoe yeah yeah but but there's not a lot in that ballpark yeah um and so yeah i this shoe's coming out actually with boa yep lacing ah yeah later in the year i think there's two yeah. there's a boa there's a boa um dial down at the forefoot and there's a dial yeah. up at the, it I, it looks so cool like a, a hybrid cycling shoe mate oh i've got a i've got so the cycling shoe i got was like a physic physic or yep. something um yep. and it has a boa on it oh yeah it's a dream yeah, it, it does it does make it feel much easier as well and oh, just let's... like you get to the bottom of the hill segment time course record baby crank that up and just go i saw you're on the board it's not as easy getting a uh a segment on the board of a cycling you're on well no you didn't get oh. a segment but you're on the board for one of them but it is mountain biking so there's not many people out there surely there's shitloads. we're in great really? capital of the world down here and the problem is though motorcyclists been on strava with their um gps or something and then e-bikes it's a yeah, yeah. It's a mess out here. It's a wild world. It's a jungle in the bike world. I'll be mm. flagging a lot of people later to Savo, dedicate a good hour, just sit down, flag like 50 <laughs> people. <laughs> so uh, what shoes are you going to get back into? When you, I mean, you're probably about four or five weeks away or two or three weeks away maybe. I reckon I'm a week now, a okay. week to two weeks. I'm going to come back with this. I'm going to jog yep. on light dirt paths. We're going to go super yep. simple. Yep. Um, we'll see how we go. Two weeks later, 100K, we'll put some bigger shoes on. Do you think maybe uh, you'll go back to a bit more of a traditional racing flat for the earlier workouts or? Mm, uh, nah, no nah. way. I can't even nah. buy them anymore. I've thrown them all out. You can't buy them. It's true. I was, re I was really excited. I can maybe five months ago, I was talking about the Takumi Sen 8. 
And now I've got to a point where I've had slightly sore calves on return back into workouts. I just can't see myself putting them on yet because um, I'm just uh, too soft for them as well. So I might need to start throwing some strides in some of those shoes traditionally and uh, see if I can get myself back into them. But they are hard to find and they, I don't know if you've, you guys got the streak fly coming out soon as well. I'm interested to see how much uptake mm. you get of the streak fly, um, which obviously add a lot of media to it. And um, But once again, feels like it's probably not going to help you perform any better, um, but you might use it as a bit of a training tool perhaps. And that might be a good one for you perhaps on returning to load. That's a good mm. call. I like that. Mm. I wasn't even considering it because I thought, why bother when you can mm. wear a vapor fly? But this is a good reason. Mm. I've, got a, I've got a quick listen to question for you. Cool. All right. So... Simon then said, I got stuck the other day, ran a hills trails, and it's I got a blister on the side, big toe. Up. What should I do about that? How do I uh, how do I manage this blister? Yeah, right. So it's managing preventing a blister and then manage it when you've got it. It's probably two different things. So once you've got the blister through there, like you're trying to identify if maybe there was a variable that was different, whether it was a shoe change. It's usually a side of shear or friction. And uh, and then another variable might be something as different as a weather change. You know, here in Adelaide, we have Cedar Bay in September. And I don't see heaps of blisters in the clinic. But every now and then we get a hot Cedar Bay 12-kilometer road race. <laughs> and the, the next two weeks at the clinic, it's um, it's draining blisters and managing them. A lot of the times, you know, I'll usually make a small incision, sterile incision, and drain the blister for pain relief, first of all. And then you'll, you know, you'll apply your antiseptic and you'll dry it out. And if you're going for, like, you know, you're running every single day, for example, you might be changing your shoe for one for terms of width to try and change the distribution of load on the base of the foot. If you've only got the one pair of shoes, you're trying to place something in the shoe to try and decrease the friction or shear. You know, things like Luco Silk you get from the chemist, that green canister sort of is a bit like, you know, slipperier, for example. You can get these, you know, Engo pads. And- Sorry, go back. What was that again? Uh, Luco silks, what I use from the chemist. It's like, you know, you, you go to the chemist and you see these like different sports tapes and every now and then you see this green canister sports tape. I, I don't have a sample, but you look it up Luco silk and it's a, um, and yeah, it's just a frictionless surface. And I put them on the sites of the sock liner of the shoe. So if it's like mm-hmm. the plantar medial aspect of the foot, I'm assuming he, Simon's referring to the one that's on the inside yeah, part of yeah. the foot right. here. Yeah. I usually take the sock liner out and place Luco silk on the area of, of shear and stress. And that's usually enough to be able to, um, reduce heat um, production at that mm-hmm. area. Uh, other options are like, you know, you can use fleecy web, which is sort of the same type of product, but probably probably takes up too much space in the shoe mm. sometimes. So it's not ideal. Um, otherwise, you know, products like Body Glide and, um, you know, non-petroleum based Vaseline or Vaseline itself tends to work pretty well, but probably has a limited lifespan for like, what, half an hour to an hour before you need to reapply and of course, you know, there's microfiber socks or double layered socks can sometimes, I mean, some people are really prone to blisters and those people are a bit tougher. You're almost trying to throw the kitchen sink at it and work out which variable works the best. Um, often on the medial aspect of the foot, you know, sometimes inside the shoe, there's like a little bit of a, a, con, a convexity to it. And that can sometimes cause pressure on the fifth, but also pressure on the first. Sometimes, you know, you're manipulating the sock line of the shoe so that you've got less pressure on that, mm. from that convexity shape. And that usually means the shoe was probably a little bit narrow as well if you're starting to get that effect. I get that on the um, the Invincible um, so because I, I must sink so much down in the middle of the shoe. It's created this sort of functional-based yeah. convexity to it. And so I start getting a bit of a blister or heat on the first MPJ. And 
you know, so I just keep that shoe for less than 90 minutes, really. Um, that's my rule of thumb. If I get a blister earlier, my skin's probably not quite tough enough. Um, the beauty of having a bit of callus in that area, it sort of protects you a little bit to some extent. And then if it gets too big, it probably actually is a bit of a risk factor. So yeah, that's probably the way to look at it. In terms of managing it, you know, you probably get someone to try and drain it, sterilize it, um, and then dry it out. But to try and prevent it, if you know you've got these sort of hot spots, you're trying to manipulate the stock liners or maybe use something external like yeah, sock and, and uh, products. But you guys stock all that at like the running company as well, like, you know, Body Glide and different socks and, I know yeah. Stargan, Stargan are meant to be a little bit more resilient to, to uh, getting less blisters, but... They have know. a blister guarantee on them. I think it comes down to the fit, though. If you've got a narrow foot and you put a Stargan <laughs> on, you're creating more um, more movement. And, then, and, and so sometimes movement's the problem, like friction, like you said, yep. like the more it's moving against something... Um, did you ever did you ever try the right sock? You would have stocked them years ago. Yeah, no, no yeah. I remember it. We never stocked yeah, them, yeah, but I remember yeah. it. Yeah. They were like a true double layered sock, so the friction would yeah. occur like between the sock layers. That was the idea. But I found that I moved a bit in those socks as well, to be mm. honest. So less comfortable. What about mm. dressings for the wound? What sort of yeah. dressing? Yeah, so I usually use like a, a, a non-stick area on the actual blister but a stick around the outside but a non-stick sort of breathable dressing so primipores and um uh the, the primipore hyperfix type stuff as well that has the non-strict site over the area tend to probably work the best mm. um i think when you start adding in like your plastic band-aids you create more moisture and mm. uh sometimes that's a bit of a confounder for actually getting a blister in the first place so um yeah, that's. I mean, realistically, that's probably that's what probably all I use to be honest. Like, um, I once you've got a non-strict dressing over the blister, you've drained it, you've applied an antiseptic, um, then you're trying to remove the site of pressure, basically, uh, or you're trying to decrease the shear at that particular site, which would probably be you know using a tape and strip. But you're not normally running straight on a blister without covering it to some extent. Yep, gotcha, mm. gotcha. That's good advice. Do you get blisters? Um, Occasionally do, yeah. Yep. Like I get them between the toes sometimes. Um, mm. I do get them on the inside of the big toe at the end. Yeah. Uh, I've had them on the heel. I got them with the um, – what was the shoe that I was wearing? Where, oh, like the um, Kraft Ultra yeah, yeah, yeah. Carbon. That, that, that gave me a real blister on the heel, and they can be nasty because any sort of heel counter will, will – We'll hit them for the next seven days. Yeah, that's tricky. I, I still use, like, that's when I try and pad the area. So if it's in the central part of the heel, like, I'll put padding adjacent to the area on either side. So just, like, create, like, a bit of a donut pad or something to offload the site mm. and then lock the heel down. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. Um, good question. Good stuff, Nita. Thank you for that. What no. shoes are you going to wear this month? Um, um, I, I'll wear the New Balance 880 a little bit more, probably for easy runs, etc. I'm back into about two workouts a week, so I might go back to one workout a week because I reckon that's risky for me. So, uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, vol- like I'm changing between wearing a Monster and an Invincible, still my favorite shoe for like 30 to 60 minutes of jogging. And my long runs, I've been wearing um, either, well, actually, I wore an Invincible on Sunday for 90 minutes through the trails. Um, <laughs> so it's... <laughs> 
goes pretty well when you're on fire track still. So I don't find much room for error in that shoe, to be honest. I find it pretty stable, even though it's not stable in terms of how soft it is. Mm. Uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm keen to try um, maybe the structure triacs in the future, like a slightly more stable shoe. I've getting a bit longer now. The triacs um, term, both you and Tom continue to use that term. They got rid of that a long time okay. ago. The structure, you, you the Nike fuckers. structure, <laughs> yeah, the Nike structure. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I'll wear the ons a little bit more, and um, I'll rotate between my other mileage shoes, which is still a Nova Blast, a pretty fundamental shoe. The second version, um, I think the third version comes out in the next couple of months as well, maybe Novemberish or September. So uh, I'm keen to try that. It looks like they just made the foam stack a bit higher. That might be it, um, which I don't pretty high already so um, i'm interested to see why they're going higher again but um and then i'll probably sit and wait for you said the triumph 20 is a nice shoe is that right no sorry the the 19's the current version you have a lot of guys in your group wearing the 19 oh, is that right heaps. it's been yeah. an absolute like it's a total sleeper in the store yep. and now like being on the floor more i bring it out more often and we are winning with that shoe like so when, when they first released their one with power run i don't know what version it was it might have been the fourth or the fifth version i haven't worn it since then which might be yeah. close to three to four years now so it um, got heavy it got heavy and it got sluggish and and then it's come back they've yep. worked out how to get the shoe lighter and yeah it's it's very durable like i like it um yeah yeah, but I need a new Invincible. I reckon it's done about 600Ks. I reckon it's pretty flat in the forefoot. doesn't feel flat because it's so soft compared to other shoes, but I guarantee the best marker for if that shoe's worn out is putting a new one on. <laughs> Second one comes out soon. Upper change That's only. A, yeah, change. next yep. few weeks, I reckon. Yeah, um, got it. Yeah, cool. All right. Yep, easy. Well, we'll try and get Tom sorted for the next one. Yeah, well, we should. I mean, he's obviously lost the plot a little. Yeah, yeah. He's back. He's back running. He's got a mortgage in Sydney. That's tough. Yeah. Well, no one forced him to live in Sydney, really. True. Yeah, yeah. I would have given him a job here, but he never took it. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to work for you. No, fair enough. That's okay. (laughs) No one don't. You don't want to be second fiddle, so it's tough. Well, you sitting at home on your balcony where you got eight people working for you. (laughs) Actually, I lose Clarky. Clarky's gone overseas now, so I got to work more the next twelve weeks. So. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. All right, mate. Good chat. New Balance's Fresh Foam X version 12 range represents a revolutionary advancement in the material that cushions the high-impact foot strikes that occur on roads, tracks, courts, and fields everywhere. Informed by 3D motion-captured pressure mapping and force application data from real athletes, Fresh Foam is softness quantified. Doesn't matter.